Welcome to the Haunting You Podcast, live from the Rocky Mountain Home Hunter Studios. I'm John Schelt. I'm Gianni Hutton. And I'm Leslie Reed. I almost really? cracked up when I went to say my name. Because <laughs> your name is just so naturally humorous? Obviously. Well, yes, it comes up with such wonderful gifs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it has been way too long since we've done this. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The summer has been just absolutely ridiculous, and uh, I can't even to say the least. begin to describe how ridiculous. So we got our last podcast out in April. Shortly after we published that podcast, I went to sea again. As soon as I got back from going to sea, two weeks later, I moved the family across the country, and not only the family, but the haunted house across the country. Uh, so that was chaos. But then I had to go back to work in Oregon for several weeks and then move myself across the country and then started a new job. So the summer has been chaotic to say the least. Well, and while you were doing that, I was taking a two week long international trip, buying a house and moving myself, (laughs) but just across town. Yep. Yep. So it has been uh, quite the uh, eventful summer. But we have still managed to squeeze in a number of haunt-related activities, even in and among all of the chaos. I am super disappointed because I had to sell, and by sell I mean give away for free, a ton of my haunted house equipment. Wait, what? And, and, and by give away house equipment, basically just a lot of wood. You should have seen it. Let's see. There was... Not wood, but like an old cardboard coffin he put together. He was very sad about that. Like there were, I think, like I saw glistening tears in his eye. Um, well, we took what apart else? our pounding coffin. Pounding coffin. The pounding one that we coffin. used when instead of locking someone like the in the coffin? coffin. Yeah, that one. Ah, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, at least the good part is we we gave them away to fellow hunters, so they're going to good homes. Yes. Yes, they are, and that includes the pillars from Arkham. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those went to a f- group of families who are going to be putting on a joint haunted house, I believe, this summer. Or fall. <laughs> Boy, the temperature's going. It might as well be summer by the time we get to October. Blech. I do, not, I do not approve of heat. I, I don't approve of heat when we're getting into, you know, October. I would take winter, if it wasn't for the snow, I would take winter all year long. <laughs> I hate the snow. I'm fine with 10 degree weather. I have no issue with it. Yeah, and I asked them to give us pictures, so uh, hopefully <laughs> they'll send us pictures of what they do with all our pieces from Arkham. Our columns had to go. I gave away my very first coffin that I ever bought in my life. Um, <laughs> you were upset about that one. I was, I cried a little bit, more than a little bit, even. Hey. It was hard. But that's okay, because we are now in our new location, and we can finally start building our haunt for 2020. Why 2020? Because at this point, I don't think we can get anything out in the next month in order to actually have a haunt. (laughs) Nothing beyond a haunt the front door micro haunt. Well, I'm, seems... I'm definitely going to be trying to take it further than that. I uh, I have some ideas, got some tombstones I want to make up. I would love to get the Sanguine Creek Estates gates built. So hopefully they'll be up for this year. And then I'm just planning to have a whole bunch of projectors. I have a ton of windows, so there'll be projectors with ghosts and things. Um, definitely need to haunt the uh, mother-in-law suite. Yep, definitely going to put something up in the mother-in-law suite. There's a cool, uh, what do you call that thing? Swing set is a cool custom swing set that the previous owners had built here. I'm going to take the swings off, mm-hmm. put uh, mosquito netting where the swings would be, and then project a ghost onto that. Nice. Yeah, I think that'll work really well. So you I'm excited need to for... dismantle the swing set. I'm not dismantling the swing... Well, I'm just taking the swings off. It's not that dismantling E. I'm pretty sure the children would cry if he actually dismantled the swing set. Exactly, exactly. So I'm really excited for this Halloween, but it's definitely going to be... Uh, we're not going to have Sanguine Creek Estates open and uh, open this year, but we can at least start building and start advertising and uh, hopefully get some hype built up for next year. Yep. 
I like that all of what you described is scaling it down. <laughs> I like that that's scaled down. Yeah, exactly. That was the Scale other, is relative. That was the other thing I was yeah. really disappointed. I had to get rid of, like, I had stored a ton of wood 2x4s and plywood yes. and chain link fence. All of that had to go because it was just too damn heavy for for the trailer. So that's what I'm doing right now. I am trying to uh, rebuild our stock, not to mention get the shop set up, get my studio set up so that I can actually start working on sound effects and background music and start building and again. But I can't do that until I get these areas set up. There you go. I gave as you a sound as... effect. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. As far as building up the stock, have you procured anything without, say, like that specific owner's permission or anything? No, I have not stolen anything. I think we need to make that part of the actual hunting you method. We are not making that part of the hunting you method. However, we're working on a podcast talking about uh, budgeting and finance for a haunt or home haunt, uh, and I think your theft will fit in nicely in that episode. It's a it's a Mainly very effective a cost cutting measure. It's <laughs> yes. very effective at cost cutting. And then you cut everything else. Yeah, so we'll dive deeply into theft during our finance episode. Make sure you're looking for that. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> you would be. But today, I want to talk about uh, our haunted summer and the things that we did uh, to keep. Uh, uh, to keep the Halloween spirit alive in our souls at, through all of this chaos. That sounds like the name of a really bad, like, B-list, like, The Haunted Summer. <laughs> sounds like the name of a bad Scooby-Doo movie. It totally sounds like a bad Scooby-Doo movie. I would watch the crap out of it, too. No, I would, well, I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it. I would get Scooby. I would watch it. Yeah, yeah. That's all it takes well, for you. Well, kind of the premise for the live action was... You know, <laughs> summer holiday, but everything's haunted. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. And I do watch the crap out of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one. And I have mostly no shame about either of that. Everybody <laughs> loves Scooby. <laughs> yeah, so, so let's dive into it. So we've given a bit of a brief discussion as to what we did, but how did we do all of those things while still keeping the haunting spirit alive for the summer? Wow, what a brilliant and subtle segue. It's okay. What haunting things did you do over the summer? <laughs> so as we were moving the family out from Oregon to Maryland, we did a nice long road trip where we went down the California coast and stopped at a whole bunch of places. But the one I really want to talk about is Universal Studios. And inside Universal Studios, they have the Walking Dead attraction. Ooh. And how does that compare to how we would do it if we were to put it on with the Haunting You method and, you know, their budget? Well, I, I want to start by saying I was thoroughly disappointed when I went to the Walking Dead attraction. Because it's freaking universal. They have a enormous budget. They have no excuse. Zero. Zero <laughs> excuse for that being a terrible, terrible walkthrough. So what made it so terrible? Nobody got scared. That's tragic. I know, right? Let me back up a little bit. So, um, let me let me start from the beginning. The queue line, spectacular. The idea of this walkthrough haunt is that uh, you're in the hospital. Well, the queue line is the hospital where Rick Grimes wakes up and the zombie apocalypse has started. So you're walking through the hospital as you are in the queue. And it does a fantastic job of setting the backstory as you're going through the queue. You walk into the queue line, you're inside the hospital, there are, you've got your standard hospital painted on the walls, the overhead is ceiling tiles, there's a bunch of tiles missing and wires are hanging out of the, out of the roof. Uh, there are blood splatters everywhere and pools of blood, there are documents littered on the floor. Uh, I actually really like what they did with the documents. I'm not sure if they were actual documents or if they're just painted on, but they're like, uh, coded into the floor so they can't move. So you get hmm. the idea of uh, paper, you know, just thrown about <laughs> randomly. But as people are walking over, it's not getting uh, destroyed, destroyed or, or uh, knocked out of place and all that. There are that's actually really clever. Yeah, I, I really, yeah, I really liked it. 
And, and by what the way, what I worry I, about is that, like your your big takeaway was about this haunt was you really like the documents. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> Give me time. <laughs> By the way, all of these pictures are going to be up on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with just the letter U. Go check it out, and you'll have a better idea of what I'm talking about here as I'm as I'm trying to describe. Uh, so they had places well, where... There, you should also like the page. Absolutely like the page, so you can see our other haunted adventures uh, and areas that we get... Uh, Inspiration! That was the word I was looking for. Yeah, definitely like the page because you'll be able to see uh, pictures of things that we're drawing inspiration from. We have pictures as we're doing our builds, the pictures from all of our former haunts, and uh, as we find interesting articles and things about haunting and the industry, uh, all that goes on there as well. So definitely check out our page, like our page, and keep up to date with all of our experimenting. You know, while we're doing that... Yes, there's many shenanigans. You can, you, if, if Facebook's not your thing, we also do have a Twitter page you can you can find with also all true. of that on it as well. Also true. I know, right? Uh, where's our which Twitter? Is, it's at HauntingUniver1, which is Haunting, U-N-I-V-E-R-1. And while you're there, it has links to this specific podcast. You can catch up on all of our episodes. In fact, if you want, you can even click that little subscribe button. And then every time you get a new or we record a new one, you'll get it on your phone. Absolutely. And if you wanted to hear uh, about some of our earlier episodes, you could definitely go check us out on Podbean. Podbean. Yes, Podbean at hauntingyou.podbean.com. That is the repository for all of our episodes. Uh, please go check it out. and subscribe. We also have a feed that runs from Podbean to iTunes, so if Podbean mm-hmm. is not your thing... You can get all of our uh, episodes on iTunes. All right. Now that we have uh, thoroughly uh, and shamelessly adverti- and shamelessly advertised ourselves, back to Universal. I'm proud. It's getting less shameless. I, I think it is. <laughs> I disagree. I think it's getting more shameless. I think it's getting more shameless. <laughs> so anyway, back to the queue line at Universal. There were areas where it looked like a little fire had gone off, or maybe an explosion. So you have the darkened, uh, you know, burnt, crispy paint and floor. Um, of course, there are doors uh, don't open dead inside, and it's barricaded with a two by four and chain shut. I would have liked to see it moving, um, but it looked like the doors were just painted on. Well, and two by fours don't actually do all that much. Uh, as I mean, proven by MythBusters, as proven by MythBusters. Fair enough. Fair enough. During their Walking Dead special. <laughs> <laughs> Roger. I'm going to have to go look at that. It's hilarious. So, continuing through the queue line, uh, there are overturned gurneys and random medical equipment everywhere. Um, They do a really good job, I think. Um, So, you've got the queue line in the center of the room, blocked out by like stainless steel pipes that uh, keep the guests going through the queue line appropriately, and then there's chaos all around. So, piled up boxes and medical equipment and overturned gurneys and all of that stuff around the queue line. So, you're still getting the feeling of um, of being in that chaotic scene while having an effective queue line. I think it overall it did a pretty good job. Excellent use of the detail. Uh, little signs on the doors, uh, like caution, open door slowly, or southwest wing, or operating wing, or room numbers. You know all those little details that uh, lended an air of believability. Uh, I think they did an excellent job. And awesome job at capturing the time period. So seeing a lot of like computer CRT <laughs> monitors as opposed to LCD monitors to help set the time period a little bit better. And then okay. at the end of the queue, there is a uh, an LCD monitor mounted up on the wall showing static. And every 40, uh, every probably you know two, three minutes... A guy comes over the uh, comes up on there. And he's talking about his uh, quote lessons for survival. And through that, he's going over the rules of the hunt. So um, I think it was a you know real short, maybe forty second video. 
that replayed every couple of minutes, and so everybody had an opportunity to hear the rules of the haunt before, right before going into the haunt. Uh, but it was presented in a way that kept it within the backstory, kept it within the theme, and uh, but still got the message across. So the queue line, fantastic, loved it. Honestly, best part of their haunt, which is not a good thing. Is not a good thing. Yeah, exactly. That's not great. Well, it also builds you up, and then you get such a letdown when you actually go yes! through the haunt and realize, yes, yeah. <laughs> and it was so frustrating because this is freaking Universal Studios. We had gone on, you know, the studio tour before that where you've got Jaws and you've got um, this, if you haven't been there in the last several years, ridiculous. I'm going to have to bleep that. Wow. Yeah. So the whole freaking tram drives into, like, an aircraft hangar and then there's this um, three-dimensional and all the way around you, 360 degrees, three-dimensional King Kong experience where it drops you into the King Kong movie and King Kong jumps on top of the tram and fights off T-Rexes and you get sprayed And with how much did your children spit. love that? That was oh, their favorite man. part on it. No question. That was their favorite part. Even Little Walker well, was kind of was kind of scared by this, but he, as soon as he saw the raptors, he was loving it. Nice. So, you go from that and it builds you all up and then you go to this? Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Come on, Universal. You can do better. Wow. Fired up over there. Yes, very much so. It is. Hire me. I will come do it for you. Like, I'm picturing you in, like, a focus group about it. And you're saying, what was your favorite part? Well, the queue management was wonderful. The rest of it was downhill. Yes, very much so. So That's not a strong endorsement. Yeah, well, let let me keep going. Once you leave the hospital, leave the queue line, and you actually enter the haunt, now you're outside, quote unquote. It takes you through probably four or five different scenes all in The Walking Dead. So, like, there's a loading dock scene, there's an outside scene, there's um, a refrigeration, like, uh, I would almost call it, like, a butcher shop. It wasn't a butcher shop, but if you picture that, you'll be in the right area. You'll have the right image. Uh, And I forget what the other scenes were. But there was no management of the queue once you got into the haunt. So they were just putting people through, boom, 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 in one big long line, which gave the actors zero time to reset between scares. So you just have a constant stream of people moving through, and you have actors who scared people all the way you know, up here in the front of the line, and then for the next 10 or 15 people walking by, they're walking back to their place, and everybody sees them walking back to their place out of character, and it drugged me out of the storyline. It's like they didn't even consult you before... They should have. Before setting this up. They should have. They literally had actors trying to reset in the middle of people walking through? Yeah, because they put no break between the people walking through. It was a constant stream. And on wow. and on the one hand, it you push a lot of people through the haunt, so your throughput is extremely high. <sighs> but well, well, yeah, but you're at the cost of everything. That seems to have been all they were looking at was throughput and had nothing else to do with well, frankly, anything. You're taking throughput over the overall experience yes. for the for the client, though, which is detracts a great deal from it. Exactly, there were a ton of opportunities that were missed. Like I walked by, um, there was a spot where they had probably five zombies like lined up against the wall who were all dead. Um, that would have been a perfect place to enter an actor because no one would have expected it. Okay, that's not totally true because I was expecting it and I was disappointed when nothing jumped out at me. <laughs> Because they were actually all dummies. But having a line of dummies and then one of those dummies is actually an actor, I think would have been very effective. Yes. For them, it's good they didn't have like a suggestion box or anything like that. I feel like you would have been there for several hours. You, you're you not wrong. I was so Clearly, I they was need so a suggestion box because. No, this they, need is to just, not... they need to just hire me. I will come in and fix it for them. I, I, next time you, if you go back, you need to just have a clipboard. <laughs> just writing some notes. <laughs> just when someone jumps out at you, just like, hmm, and you just write something down. <laughs> you really should. Be like C minus. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I would give it a D minus. 
Nah, that's not that's not totally fair. I would give it a solid D. It sounds like there's a lot there. It's just it's there is a ton managed. there. It, um, the scenery is excellent. Uh, the actors, the actors need work. Well, but when you have no time to reset, and, you're yeah, just kind of screwed and no matter what you do. You're right, and I can't. I I should have gone through it several times to see if I hit the actors on a different point later. Sure. Uh, so I could actually see if they were actually if they were being effective. Um, based on the screaming I was hearing, there must have been some effective actors in there because people <laughs> were screaming. But it does a yeah, such a good job. The... Of, it does such a good job of setting up the atmosphere that I don't think the actors had to do much. People, enough people were on edge that the actor it should make the actor's job relatively easier. Sure. Well, and it's also, I mean, we are talking Walking Dead here, like, that show can be, there's enough jump scares in that show alone that everyone's going to expect much more, and with the exception of those who know haunt industry and what should or should not be going on, the reaction is automatically going to be heightened scare just because you're expecting that level of reaction. That's true. Right. That's true. You know, we had talked about that a little bit with Arkham. Uh, by choosing Arkham, something that has such a wide body of existing story, mm-hmm. it was very easy to tap into that and tap into people's preconceived notions of Arkham to help scare them. And I think The Walking Dead is another example of that. You know, they've gone, what, nine seasons now? And they have a wide body of story <laughs> that they can draw from um, to help scare the pants off of people. And I think that they they wasted a golden opportunity with this. Yeah, it sounds like they relied on what was already established rather than taking it to the next level the way they could have. Rather than even, and, and I mean, they didn't even like make it their own. <laughs> You're so disappointed. I, I am so disappointed. I was, I had such high expectations, and it just fell flat. And that is exact. I mean, I'm it's, just, I'm just I'm, very disappointed. I'm trying to think. I think the part of it could be just. I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase this. Who who you are? You are probably not who their average clientele <laughs> is. <laughs> You're not You are wrong. probably more difficult to scare than... I mean, <laughs> the, the fact that we're sitting here doing a podcast about haunting and haunted houses and Halloween probably suggests <laughs> that we are not their uh, their target audience. Probably not. Probably. <laughs> but at the same time, we are their target audience because we're the type of people... Well, you guys are the type of people who would actually go through <laughs> and have expectations. Well... We're the kind of people who definitely want to go through and want to be wowed. And if you have a budget like Universal Studios does, yeah, yeah, that I, would, I would expect fair. a production value that's higher than what it sounds like this was. Exactly. I think it's, it, it's like somebody relied too much on special effects and forgot the plot line. Yes, that's exactly what happened, and especially, and it's extra frustrating because there's so much freaking plot to draw from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't even have to be creative. It's all freaking there. Oh, no, don't tell uh, them they don't have to be creative. Otherwise, you'll get Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Avatar. It's Pocahontas meets Ferngully in space with shiny graphics. That's what I liked about it. Well, I didn't tell just now. Thanks, Leslie. We're <laughs> <laughs> watching another movie. Anyway, so that was that was my impression of uh, the Walking Dead attraction. Sorry, the Walking Dead walkthrough attraction at Universal Studios in Hollywood. I hope I have I have seen you less upset about dead relatives. I wish I could counter that, but I really can't. <laughs> yeah. Dead relatives can now join the haunt and will do a better job. Yeah, exactly. See, actually. <laughs> So anyway, uh, let's let's move Ooh, on because I, I feel we like should I put have a dead horse. We should put that down for like when we revise the haunting you method for just pro tip: use actual dead people. So just put that noted. Table that <laughs> noted. for later. Um, I just want to do a real quick rundown of the haunting you method and how it how I think it applied to 
um, the Universal Studios haunt. Theme and backstory. They have a fantastic theme. They have a fantastic backstory. I don't think they did a good enough job of using that backstory to create a story within the haunt. They used the backstory just as a theme without uh, creating a story for the walkthrough. Layout. The layout was pretty good. I think it had a pretty effective use of space. Lots of switchbacks, which means they were uh, they were making... I, I feel like they used their space very well. I did not notice any dead space where actors could have hidden, which may be an area that would, imp- one, improve the haunts, or improve uh, the scares that they were space. doing. And if you uh, go check out our Facebook page, we or I take that back. Uh, yeah, so if you check out episode 8, uh, you'll hear us talk about a technique called hub haunting, uh, where a single actor is able to do two or three scares uh, and... Uh, the layout, I think, would the layout at Universal Studios could support that, uh, but I don't think they took advantage of it. Plus, drastically cuts down on reset time. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> we should send this episode to their Twitter page. I am going to. Actually, you should because you're the Twitter guru. Uh... I have nothing to say about their construction techniques. Everything was. As far as I could tell, both solid. code and yeah, solid. Exactly. Not going to talk about it. Advertising and marketing. They don't have to do a whole lot of advertising and marketing because it's so well known, and people are going to come to Universal's for other reason anyway. Why don't we just put our haunt in a theme park? God, I can't believe we didn't think. Uh, I'm working on. We that. should just do that. Um, <laughs> well, let me remind me, and we'll talk about that later. Sound and audio. Yes, forgot about wow. audio. Um, the audio effects in the queue line again were fantastic. Uh, you had like the sound of sparking electrical, and uh, every so often uh, radio, uh, like someone trying to communicate over radio coming in that was garbled. And uh, excellent job using that to help set up the atmosphere. Same with lighting. Uh, I think the lighting was overall pretty effective. It was brighter inside the haunt than I expected it to be. And that's probably a liability thing for them. It, it could be. It could be. But really good use of using strategic lighting to draw the eye to specific props and things. But that was another area where I think they could have improved scares because my eye was drawn to certain props and nothing was attacking me from the sides. Weak. Very weak. <laughs> so that's how I would have used the Haunting You method to help improve their uh, improve the experience inside that uh, inside that attraction. So if anyone from Universal is listening to this, uh, I am for hire. <laughs> Please give me a call. Shoot me a reasonable message. Reasonable rates. Reasonable rates, indeed. Uh, I would be, love to help you uh, improve your experience. You have been weighed. You have been measured. And you absolutely have been found wanting. All right. So, uh, so that's how I feel about Universal. Fortunately, the rest of my trip, uh, the rest of our haunted trip, was much more enjoyable. Les, you want to talk about uh, where we stopped in West Virginia? <laughs> yes, the West Virginia Penitentiary. Yes, and it was very, very exciting. We all knew so, Leslie would end up in the penitentiary at one point. We even found me a padded cell. Oh, good. Well, that, I mean, that just works out. We had yeah. three downloads in Pakistan. <laughs> cool. I just, I receive enough, enough text messages from you that mention, you know, I'm getting stabby that I just assume. That's that's a reasonable assumption, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's not wrong. <laughs> but no, the uh, the West Virginia Penitentiary is a, it's no longer a working prison. It was decommissioned in, what was it, 97? Something like that. The late 90s. Late 90s. It has. It is now considered one of the most haunted places, haunted prisons um, around for a variety of reasons. They do have at least one, we'll call it semi-confirmed, shadow person that lives there and wanders around. They also have had, over the course of their operating tenure, they have executed... 471. Mm, you're just pulling that number out of your ass. I am not. That's 100% 85. true. Look it up. 85. 85. That's, so that's yeah. close. Basically the same. My internet's not working in the first place, apparently. Uh, so they've executed Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, sorry, I was wrong. 85 hangings and then nine, nine. Uh, electric in the electric chair. chair. But in addition to those, they have had 
some 500 plus confirmed deaths at the prison. Wow, I was actually close. You're right. I just just pulled that number. Wow. (laughs) Um, I was joking. And then there are a significant number uh, more, there's significantly more deaths that they do not have IDs for because of lost records. So, very, 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 very many people have died um, while incarcerated at the West Virginia Penitentiary. So we went for a visit, as you do. And it was and it was a lot of fun. Uh, if anyone gets the opportunity, Moundsville, West Virginia, uh, is where it's located. We went through with a uh, a retired prison guard. So this was a guy who was actually a guard for I think he said he joined the prison 86. in nineteen eighty six until then, it shut down. Until yeah, and he was there until it shut down, and he stayed on, um, pre- helping to preserve the history of the uh, of the penitentiary. Uh, as soon as you walk in, everything is original exactly as it had been uh, when it shut down. Uh, things have not been kept up extremely well. Uh, although, well, again, it's very, very expensive to do that. You have a very, very large complex. And so what they're actually have been trying to do is leverage their haunted status for cash. And I think they're doing an excellent job of it. I hope to... I wish I, I had. Think they are. Yeah, I think they are. I wish I had something quite so haunted that I could just make money off of. Instead, we have to build from scratch, but that's okay. So we went and did. We didn't do any of their haunt tours. We just did their regular um, historical tour, uh, in which the tour guide gave us some just fantastic stories, both about the history of the prison, the history and stories of, um, of many of the men who were incarcerated there. Escapes. This is also a prison that has had a 700 some successful and unsuccessful escapes. Um, so wait, we're talking about ballpark 600 ish deaths, 700 escapes. <laughs> what? Like, what are they doing over there? Well, the tour guide talked about how, uh, especially earlier in the prison's history, they used to rent out uh, inmates for labor. So people in the community would sure, come sure. in and say, you know, I need 20 guys to come help um, help with my harvest. And he would pay, I think he said, a quarter per quarter, inmate. Quarter ahead. Quarter ahead to take them. And then he was now responsible for, for tracking these people that he takes out to his field, puts to work, and then has to bring back at the end of the day. And as you can imagine, that was uh, marginally successful, successful at keeping, because, I mean, who would, uh, you know... Everyone is absolutely going to uh, just be perfect and go out, work all day, and go back to prison that night. Uh, I know I would. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, over the course of history, some 700-plus successful escapes. And as a reminder, this this person has been in operation since the 1800s, so we're not talking like escapes in the past, you know, (laughs) between 86 when it was open. It had been opened, it was opened in the 1800s. They actually housed uh, Civil War soldiers um, there on on, on a couple of occasions. So this this has been a prison that was in operation for a very long time. That is a good note, because I was wondering about that. Yeah, so the prison, um, they began construction of the prison in 1866 with inmates providing most of the labor. Uh, and it was open until 1995, because a court determined that their 5 foot by 7 foot cells were too small, and the living conditions were inhumane. And by 5 by 7 foot cells, that were housing three people in each cell. Yes. This was an extremely overcrowded, overburdened, violent prison. This was the, this this prison topped the lists of inmate on inmate violence, inmate on guard violence, guard on inmate violence. Pretty much every time, ever since uh, they started looking into how inmates were treated and living conditions. You have three people living in a five by seven cell. You had two beds and the third person got the floor. 
where we first walked in, there's a a little waiting area. Tours take about 90 minutes, and so you come in and you hang out in this waiting area until the next tour starts. It has a ton of records and artifacts, pictures of all the people who have been executed there, along with little blurbs about uh, what they did. Lots of news articles. This was actually the prison that Manson kept requesting to be transferred back to, as in Manson, as in the Manson murders, kept requesting to be transferred back to because um, he grew up in the area and his mother was still in the area at the time. Sure, 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 sure. Who wouldn't want to be locked up close to mom? I feel considering how much he loved his mother, I'm a little surprised he would. (laughs) Uh, She was not a good person. Yeah. Granted, neither was he, but, you know. I was going to say, he's not exactly on the um, up, up, you know, upstanding citizens list. <laughs> no. Not so much. Yeah, and so they've also filmed several movies, well, three movies at the prison. Uh, Night of the Hunter in 1955, Fool's Parade from 1971, and then another movie just recently wrapped up filming called Out of the Furnace. That's with Christian Bale, Casey Affleck, Zoe Saldana, and Woody Harrelson. Uh, that should be out pretty soon. Um, so I was... Well, I was and in addition... Just... Go ahead, John. No, you're okay. Uh, in addition to all of those, pretty much every Ghost Hunter show that is currently on TV has made this spot uh, one of their prime locations to uh, do an episode. Because of its history, both in terms of the number of deaths there and in terms of the ghosts that have been seen, as it were. Yeah. So, from the waiting room, they took us into the... What do you call that spot? Where the inmates... Oh, the... Visitation. The visitation. Yeah, the visitation cell where uh, inmates could talk with people, you know, over little telephones. Uh, Eventually, telephones used to just be a hole in the glass. Uh, so they took us in there and gave us a little bit about the history, uh, showed us the electric chair they call Old Sparky. Old Sparky, the original Old Sparky is still wow. there. Yeah, right? Well, uh, and quick backstory on Old Sparky. Old Sparky was because one of the wardens decided that hanging was what, too barbaric. Yeah. And so he took one of the more mechanically inclined inmates to one of the prisons in, I believe, Ohio. Um, to see their electric chair. The inmate then drew up schematics, plans, figured out how it worked, came back to the West Virginia Penitentiary, and then built their own. As a result of that, they actually ended up having to transfer that inmate to a different prison because... uh, Everybody wanted to to kill him. Basically. Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah, he didn't make friends doing that. No, no, he did not. Yeah. So, yeah, so Old Sparky actually built by an inmate in the penitentiary. I got lots of good pictures of it. I'm going to try to build my own version of Old Sparky for our haunted, for our haunt. Fully functional? No, of course not. Well, marginally functional. I was trying to trap you. <laughs> nice try. Nice try. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll have our own version of uh, Old Sparky at Sanguine Creek Estates. Any thoughts on the name yet? Sanguine Creek Estates or the name of the electric chair? The chair. <laughs> no, so if you have any suggestions on the name for our chair, please feel free to drop them. Drop us a message on our Facebook or Twitter. New Sparky. New Sparky. Thanks, Les. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking something like Phil. I like New Sparky. Fair enough. Um, so after seeing old Sparky, uh, they took us into a gigantic room uh, where they used to have, or they used to allow uh, families to come visit. And as you walk in... There are these fantastic murals on all of the walls. Um, you've got a lovely mountain forest scene. You've got the Ninja Turtles... You've got Merlin and Excalibur. Nice. Um, you have a very, very muscular unicorn. The most, um, the mo- the the most muscular turtles. unicorn you will ever see. Yes. That's I'll leave it to you funny. to figure out why. Or go yeah. on the tour at West Virginia's Penitentiary, and you will be told why. Indeed, indeed. Well, 
We should ask them for sponsorship. Sponsor, <laughs> sponsored by the West Virginia Penitentiary. Yeah. And, uh, so there's a old cabin uh, with deer and eagles, and so all of this is painted directly on the um, the bricks around this room. And a couple of inmates approached the warden and asked uh, to be able to do this because the you know the kids who were coming to visit uh, they were terrified. And so they were trying to find a way to make this space a little more uh, child friendly. And so all and so the warden agreed, and all of these paintings were done by uh, a couple of inmates, one of whom was colorblind. And you can uh, they tell you can tell that because if you look at the Ninja Turtles, they're uh, they're the wrong colors. They're the wrong colors. <laughs> Okay, so I'm forced to ask, what color are the turtles? Uh, the, no, the he turtles. The turtles are the... green, but he mixed up the ah. like. Donatello has the orange mask, and Raphael, sorry, Leonardo's wearing a red mask. Uh, I don't even know who's got the blue mask because only his head is visible. You can't see, uh, and he mm-hmm. doesn't have any weapons. But anyway, so they mixed up the colors. Uh, Upsetting. Yeah, it happens. It actually annoys the. Uh... The, the the guy who's, who gives the tours quite a bit. Yes, it should. It should. <laughs> I would have a hard time with that as well. Oh, oh, I forgot a key part about Old Sparky. So, <laughs> Old Sparky had Old Sparky had three activation buttons, and every time mm. they went to do an execution, uh, they had an electrician come in and wire up a different button, and then they had three guards all push the buttons at the same time, so no guard ever knew who actually caused the death. Well, and to to go off of that one, that goes back to firing squads, where a firing squad, everybody would be ha- would be handed their ammunition, only one of which would be live, so none of the individuals taking part of the firing squad would know whose bullet actually did the job. Um, so that was is part of the way that they have tried to make the execution of human beings more tolerable for those who are actually doing the execution. It was also the case that all of the guards would have to put their name into a hat. Three names would be drawn. If you could not go through with it, even knowing whether or not, not knowing whether or not you had the, the active button, um, you would be fired on the spot. Huh. Cool. 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 Yeah. So uh, from the visitation room, they take a, took us into the cafeteria. The cafeteria is the space where uh, the Shadow Man has been seen most frequently. I didn't see anything while we were there. Did you, Les? I didn't see anything. Didn't get any of the cold, spooky feelings on the back of my neck. Um, but that said, there is still a lot of history in that building, and there is a lot of violent history in that building. Yeah, and the more you learn, the more chills. Well, the more I learned, the more chills I got as we went. Yep. Well, and it was also an interesting story because as as violent as offenders as these were and as violent as they were towards each other, um, they were actually very, very kind to the community outside of the prison. So once again, you, you see this dichotomy of humans are humans. We can be completely complete assholes, but there's always a place where kindness does show through yeah uh, our tour guide told the story of how they used to have friday night ball games and the community was invited to watch these i don't know i'm sorry friday night fights uh the community was invited to watch these fights between the guards and the inmates inside the courtyard well, and not just that you sure, know they also sure. would do ball games where they would bring, you know, the high school would play against the inmates, and the little kids would be outside to catch the balls that went uh, over the fence. Safe. And the warden, the all, all the inmates would pitch in to buy a whole bunch of candy bars for the wardens to then hand out to the children who were um, retrieving the balls, collecting the and, and returning the balls. Uh, and during all of these events, no, there is no recorded that they have of any inmate violence against the community. It was also the case that there was a number of inmates who every year spent a great deal of time um, making toys. And then come Christmas, 
um, for any of the kids and any of the families who could not afford to give their kids Christmas, they would come to the prison and the prisoners would make sure that every single family was able to have a Christmas. Yeah, so a really interesting dichotomy. Um, you know, everyone was in there for usually fairly violent crimes and were very violent with each other, and yet still showed this soft side, uh, particularly when dealing with community. Yeah. So uh, from the cafeteria, uh, they took us outside to the court, one of the courtyards, and the tour guide did a really good job of pointing out up on the wall. Uh, so. We talked about how much of the prison was built by inmates, and so if you look up at the bricks, like individually hand-carved bricks that were set by inmates, there are a ton of carvings uh, that were left uh, from those inmates uh, on those on those bricks. You see a lot of uh, KKK, uh, some Wiccan symbology, there are names up on these bricks, and some religious Maybe symbology like as well. Sucker. Nope, no Yankees suck. Didn't see any of that. Anyway. Uh, but when I'm I, sure that's on some of the cells within the actual prison. I'm yeah. sure they have that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that part. Excellent. Uh, the other thing that caught that struck me on the bricks was so uh, so many were discolored black. And you might think that it was a fire that caused that, but according to the tour guide, it's actually just leftovers from uh, the coal burning well, again, we're in West Virginia. It's coal mining. Co- it's coal mining country. Coal mining country, and uh, that black coal soot has stained so many of the walls. Might be a really good way to add effect to your haunt, adding some black staining. Pro tip. Pro tip. I might suggest you not do it by burning coal, mainly because <laughs> it makes a mess everywhere, and you can't necessarily control where it lands True the way you think statements. you can. True statements. Uh, so also from there, exactly. From there, we went into the high, or what do you call it, the maximum security block. Mm-hmm. And this was the area uh, with those five foot by seven foot cells. The cells were stacked four high in the center of a gigantic room. So there's just this box in the center of a, this enormous room uh, with all the cells stacked on top of one another uh, and back to back. So like two rows of cells and no privacy as you would expect the showers are out in the common area in the front um the guard there is like chain link fan chain chain link fence everywhere so um guards would be protected from stuff being thrown from the higher tiers moderately protected true it's only chain link moderately protected and then as you're looking in at the cells there is uh graffiti a, a wide variety of graffiti inside the cells. So we saw a lot of um, some Wiccan symbology, satanic symbology, uh, rock and roll. I mean, there was some stuff to like Guns N' Roses up on one wall. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, we saw Those are the good ones. Death uh, well, and there's some frequent appearances. Impressive pieces of genuinely art absolutely some of the like uh skulls especially really impressive uh there's a spider very reminiscent of like spider-man's spider um although i think it predates it by quite a bit i imagine you have time to hone hone your technique indeed and um Again, go check out our Facebook page because all the pictures I took at uh, at the penitentiary are up on up on our Facebook page. Go check it out because uh, some really awesome inmate inspired art inside the cells. Um, go check it out. That's all I can say. Les, you want to talk about the gate at the entrance? Okay, so the gate at the entrance is a very very interesting um, contraption piece of architecture, shall we say? Because again, this is this is a brick building. There's a, there's brick walls, and given their um, escape record, shall we say? Wait, wait, wait. Let me back up. She says brick building, but don't think brick like your house is made of bricks. Think stone masonry brick. Think stone castle. masonry block. It looks like a freaking castle. Yeah. Um, so given their escape record, at one point um, a, a, a town official came and basically was like, you need to make this place more secure, put a fence up. And they're like, okay, sure, cool, we'll put a fence up. So they build on the front of the building 
this massive, massive wrought iron fence. Here's the catch. It's only around the front of the building. <laughs> the other three sides, no Nothing. additional fencing. Nothing. Um, sure. But it is an sure. impressive looking fence um, with the gates, the, the two gates in the one into the warden's house, which was attached. The warden actually lived in the prison. Um Ouch and lived above, you know, the administration's administrative offices. We could not go up there anymore. The floor is actually falling apart, um, and it is not safe. So, um, one quick clarification. You said fence, not wall. So it is a fence. fence. You actually okay. could basically climb on it, honestly. <laughs> it's, it looks very, very impressive, and is not actually something to be very, very secure. The okay. way they built the posts um, they have these, and I believe that there's definitely pictures of them that we took. Uh, around the gates, they have you know these wrought iron posts that are literally laddered, so you can just climb up them. Yeah. They, they, it it, it was very much done for show. Look how secure we are. Not actually effective in terms of preventing escapes, especially when one of the largest escapes that almost happened, and they actually managed to prevent this one, uh, because three guys went early. They had um, a tunnel that was built from one of the workhouses in within the prison out to the street, um, and this was like a three-foot-by-four-foot tunnel the length of, was what, 20, 30 feet, Um and completely uh, lit with lights. Yeah, it had electrical running down in the tunnel, lighting for the, the entire person. for the entire way. And they were actually it was going to happen is the entire work crew of like 120, 130 guys were at the bell to transition to lunch. Were going to go through it, uh, except three guys went early and left the um, manhole cover on their on the exit point open. And so a guard uh, wandered and a, by and saw it. No, a child. A child wandered by. That's right. It was on the outside. And saw it and went, well, this doesn't look safe. Somebody's got to fall in this. Reported it to his mom. His mom then reported it to the prison. And the prison went, ah, crap. And managed to round up everybody who was literally minutes away from a massive breakout attempt. Uh, they did actually catch all three guys afterwards. One of them went home. I think two of them went home. And the third, who had escaped on a number of occasions and could always be found relatively easily because he'd be at the local golf course, he actually gave them the largest run for their money. Um, took him a couple of weeks to catch up to him. They finally caught up to him in Oklahoma. And his response was, man, guys, if you'd just give me a couple more weeks, I would have made it to Pebble Beach. Inconvenience, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, so that's, I mean, that's what they should put on there, like, incon- West, West Virginia Penitentiary, inconvenient. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> Sorry. It was a cat. It happens. It happens. Continue. So one last story from the penitentiary that our, uh, our tour guide told us about was uh, about a, uh, they had a certain section underneath the prison where they kept uh, prisoners who... Uh, would probably be judged as mentally ill today, um, but were not safe to keep around in the regular population, either to because of uh, potential damage to them or them doing harm to others. And so, and occasionally both. And occasionally both. And so, um, the vast majority of the time, they were kept in the separate section of the prison, which was um, down a set of steps and un- like underneath the walls of the prison. Um, and they were only, they were rarely let out and allowed to. Uh, mingle with other prisoners. Well, on one of those occasions, one of the guards is talking to this prisoner, and he was extra happy today. And so they they asked him about it, and he said, "Well, today's my last day inside." And you know, the prisoner, the guards didn't take that very seriously, and uh, and were kind of ignoring it. Uh, but this, well, no, they they followed up and like, well, what, what, okay, you know, you 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 realize you're 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 not getting out anytime soon. You're yeah, trying to yeah. just make. They were trying to get to the point where they could figure out sure. where his head was. That like, he what do you mean was by that? So convinced that he was, he, this was his last day. Exactly, exactly, and um, 
Well, as they're talking, uh, he pulls two pencils out, one in each hand that he had smuggled out of his uh, smuggled out of the that special area, and he jabbed them into his eyes. Huh. Cool. That. Uh, you know, I feel like there'd be less painful ways to go about that, but you know, whatever works. Yeah, I mean, probably didn't have many other opportunities and uh, seized upon the one that he did. But anyway, I think that would make an excellent character for our for Sanguine Creed States, uh, a person wandering around with pencils in both of his eyes. Oh, I'm to figure out how to do that. That actually shouldn't be too difficult. I just have to make sure that the actor can see. Indeed. <laughs> Basically making... Well, not that I'm going to stab them in the eyes. Making sure the prosthetic... I was going to say does not hinder their ability to see, so it might end up being something where it's only one, and it's more of the Dark Knight. Um, I think it would be. Addition. I think it would be more effective if we could do two, even if it's a mask it instead would of a be, prosthetic, and so you got, yeah. you know, you got slits underneath the eyes that they can see out of. But I want to play with this idea just, because I think that would make for an excellent character for our haunt. It would. I was going to say I don't think we should subscribe to the. Jared Leto, you know, school of method acting on that one. Indeed. Indeed. Or the Heath Ledger. Yeah, it didn't really work out great. Not, not so well. Yeah, you don't method act the Joker. No, you, no one should do that. Putzes. No one should do that ever. Yeah. You don't method yeah. act Joker. Yeah, so anyway, uh, we, <laughs> we, had an, we had an excellent time at the West Virginia Penitentiary. Highly recommend checking out their Facebook page. Uh, I subscribe to their Facebook page, and they frequently are putting out, like, uh, every day. Well, not every day, but they frequently put out um, information about inmates they had and things that happened on certain days. Awesome history, awesome backstory uh, that you could use as inspiration for your own haunts. Go check them out. Uh, and if you have the opportunity, if you're in or around Moundsville, West Virginia, highly recommend taking one of the tours. They have a number of, of them, including the one that we went on, which was basically just informational history about the prison, kind of a, a general. They have a longer one where you get to see some more um, places in, in, the, in the penitentiary. And then they have their, shall we call it, after dark. And that is, as, as, our, as our tour guide put it, this is where we lock you in at 10 o'clock and we don't open the doors until 4 and we have fun. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, so that's all year long they're doing these tours, uh, various uh, the various types of tours. And then in October they have a haunted house inside the prison that I whole want to have an opportunity to go and visit. <laughs> I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, they actually had some volunteers there working on it uh, that day that we were there getting ready. Yep. And so, if you're in the area, uh, if you're passing through, highly recommend stopping by the West Virginia Penitentiary. Check out their website. Um, that's wvpentours.com. Uh, check out their Facebook page. Uh, highly recommended. It was a very cool experience. Well, and definitely so go, to... go, go and support them because they they are trying to preserve the history, and in a lot of cases, they're actually trying to recover the history. Um, so regardless of, of what side of the pro or con of incarceration you, you fall on, um, losing the history of these people who were subjected to this and the people who worked there is a loss that, as, as a historian, is inconscionable. So at the very least, do, do support the, the, their, their efforts to try and record and recover um, the history of the people who were there and who worked there and who lived there. So I have to ask, how you two being you two, why did you opt for the informational tour and not one of the spookier ones? Honestly, we were on a time crunch uh, trying to make uh, it to Maryland before Leslie's flight left. Uh, this was our enough. last day on the road, uh, on our road trip from Denver to Maryland. That's a 26-hour drive, and we were hauling a trailer full of haunted stuff. Um, that would do it. Yeah, so we weren't making good time, and so we could only afford to do uh, the 90-minute tour and couldn't do a longer one. I also had a board meeting immediately after. Yeah, that too. So Leslie's doing her board meeting in the car while I'm driving through West Virginia. <laughs> I literally had to get on the minute we walked out of the penitentiary. Yeah, so we, we had a couple things on our time. Uh, otherwise, and, you know, they only do, like, uh, on Mondays, they do their Mystery Monday tour. Uh, we were there on Thursday or Friday, I forget. Uh, and so Friday. We could, you know, we just, with our with our trip the way it was, we couldn't make it line up quite as well as we hoped. We also we really wanted to get to um, 
there's a asylum in West Virginia, Trans... Sylvania. No. Trans- the Trans-Alaney Lunatic Asylum. Allegheny. Which he said. Trans-Allegheny <coughs> Lunatic Asylum, uh, which was the other stop that we wanted to make, but again, we ran out of time and didn't have an opportunity. Um, but it, if you are in the area and you can make it work, that's another one that I would highly recommend uh, checking out. You can find them trans-alaheny. Allegheny. That one, lunaticasylum.com. I'm not going to spell it. Uh, do a search for asylum in West Virginia, and it will probably be the first one that comes up. Pray for Google algorithms. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm not sure you did him any favors, though. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, so that was our haunted summer. Now we are finally getting settled in our new places. Uh, Leslie's trying to get unpacked at her house and get her area set up so she can start doing makeup and costuming and backstories and all of those fun things. I'm trying to get my shop set up and trying to get my audio studio set up. Uh, I'm getting there. I'm in my what's going to be my audio studio recording this today, um, but I don't have any of my other equipment besides what I needed specifically for the podcast. So we're getting there. We're excited for the upcoming haunt season. And now that I'm no longer assigned to a ship, we should be putting these out much more regularly. So we're going to be targeting a once-a-month publication schedule for our haunts uh this is going to take the place of our august haunt so we'll be looking for our, our august podcast so we'll be looking for our next one in september we're only yep. a few months away from halloween we are Hooray! we are we are less than 90 days from halloween and now holy crap i'm behind and need to get to work yeah you say that every year it's because i never am not behind it, it's the nature of the beast true I find I always just get to a point where I'm like, well, that's all I'm going to accomplish this year. <laughs> Halloween is upon us. That's all as far as I'm going to get this year. Fair Pretty enough. much. That's not like any of us have other things happening. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, John, you want to talk about our social media real quick so people can find us? Say one up. Sorry. You want to talk about our social media one more time so people will know where to find us? If you want to find any information about us, pictures about us, ideas for haunts, the haunting method, you can find us on Twitter at, at hauntinguniver1, which is haunting, U-N-I-V-E-R-1. You can also check out our and Facebook I, page at www.facebook.com slash hauntingu. Let's talk about where to find the podcast. Uh, the podcasts are hosted on Podbean, and that's hauntingyou.podbean.com. Yes? Yes. Ha-ha. Yes. Um, also, <laughs> we have a feed set up with iTunes, so if that's more of your thing, uh, you can also find our podcast on on iTunes. Just search Haunting You with the letter U. And I do recommend on either, just so you don't have to go in there and search for us, if you click the subscribe button, that will automatically download any new podcasts. And as soon as you listen to the podcast on your phone, they will then automatically be taken off your phone, freeing up storage for our next podcast. Exactly. Exactly. See, I think it's see, I think it's getting less. Well, maybe less, not it's shameless. Is the more right. effective, but still shameless. Yeah. How's that? I'll take it. I'll take it. It could be worse. I've heard worse. Indeed. Indeed. We all have. <laughs> yeah. There we go. This is what I want to find. Oh. Okay. Actually. Speaking of which, so what's going to be on our next podcast? Well, if Leslie is able to uh, put together an outline, because this one's really going to be on her, I really want to talk about uh, finance <laughs> and uh, budgeting as you're preparing your haunt plan. I know it's a little bit untimely because we're at the end of the build season, uh, but honestly, there's never a bad time to talk about finances. So, Leslie... And it's often something that's not thought of until the very, very end. So if you are in the process of building your haunt and you realize at the very, very end, oh shit, I didn't do this, we'll help you with that. That's um, also a nice, again, it's, it is so frequently overlooked, but if you are wanting to turn this into something that is successful, is effective, and is not making your spouse kill you because you ran up credit card debt every year. Um, yeah. It's it is a it really truly is a crucial part of making a haunt effective, and making a haunt effective um, on a long term basis. So, be watching for that in September. 
It's going to be a Leslie episode. Get to save my voice. Sorry. <laughs> that wasn't a sorry. <laughs> I don't think sorry yeah, is appropriate. Well, well, yeah, we'll see. Sorry what happens. is not the right word. We'll see. Well, Whoa. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Let's 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 record the episode and then we can decide if sorry is necessary or not. I feel like it's going to be a lot of Leslie saying reasonably intelligent things, you and I asking dumb questions. Yes, yes, I think that's pretty much how it's going to go. I'll save up the alcohol for then. Then perfect, that's, and I recommend that for everyone else as well. So, from all of us here at Haunting You, we look forward to seeing you next time. In the meantime, happy haunting. Bye, everyone. There it is. <laughs> Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license from Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. Haunting University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at haunting univer one that's haunting u-n-i-v-e-r one be sure to check out our new page on Podbean at www.hauntingyou.podbean.com You're a flaming heart.